whenever people come to me uh, in the confessional or for, for pastoral counseling, whenever they're struggling with uh, particular sins or they're experiencing uh, particularly difficult seasons in their life and they're not responding to those seasons with virtue, the, the question that I will typically, probably 80% of the time, raise in the conversation is this. Well, well tell me about your prayer. How's your prayer? And more often than not, people will respond to me, oh, prayer's, prayer's good, prayer's good. And then they try to go back to what they were talking about before, and, and I bring the conversation back. Well, well, let's talk about your prayer. Tell me about your prayer. What does it look like? How long does it last? When do you pray? Where do you pray? And so I typically pray about five minutes or a few minutes. I tell God, you know, thank you, I, I love you, I, I'm sorry for my sins, bless my day, and then I go about my day, and, and I tell them, well, well if that's your prayer, and, and I'm grateful you're doing that, that's just not enough. That's not really good prayer. Or they might say, well, I, I pray a rosary uh, on my way to work in a divine mercy chaplet on my way back, or I, I, I listen to praise and worship music, and I sing songs. And it's good to pray a rosary. I recommend praying the rosary every single day. Our Blessed Mother, in pretty much all her apparitions, says, pray the rosary. It's good to pray a Divine Mercy Chaplet. St. Faustina received this apparition from Jesus Christ himself. That's a really good prayer to recite. But if that's all my prayer is, is reciting a bunch of rosaries and Divine Mercy Chaplets and novenas, or singing a bunch of gospel songs or praising worship songs and saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Unfortunately, that's not really good prayer. That's not. It's, it's prayer that we should be doing, but it's like the bare minimum. It's the bare minimum. Jesus Christ, he, he gives us the model of prayer in the sacred scripture. When, when Jesus prays, and he prays all the time, he prays standing up, he prays sitting down, he prays on his knees, he prays lying down. Jesus Christ asks things for the Father, he makes prayers of intercession for other people, he thanks the Father, he blesses the Father, he does a lot of talking, but Jesus Christ, in addition to all of his vocal prayer, also intentionally and consistently prioritized listening during his time of prayer. For prayer to be authentic, we need to know who we're talking to and what we're talking about. It is not a monologue. Prayer is supposed to be a dialogue where we do recite our rosaries and pray our divine mercy chaplets and do our novenas, where we do sing God's songs of praise and hymns and gospel, where we do talk to God about our thoughts and feelings and desires and apologize and thank him and ask him for things, but where we also, just as much as we talk, we spend as much time listening. I don't talk for 55 minutes and then listen for five minutes and think that that's really good. If I talk for 30 minutes in prayer, I should also give God 30 minutes of listening as well. In today's gospel, Jesus Christ goes to the Jordan River to be baptized by his cousin, John the Baptizer. And after he is baptized, it says this, Jesus began to pray. And what did his prayer look like? Listening. He listened to God the Father speak to him during prayer. And what did God the Father say? You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. 
Notice, at this moment in the life of Christ, Jesus had not performed any public miracles. He had not participated in any public ministry. He had not done any good works. And the Father looked at Jesus and told Jesus in prayer while Jesus listened to the Father, he said, I'm pleased with you. Another translation says, I am delighted in you. It was the Father's delight in Jesus that dictated all of the decisions that he made in his walk toward the cross, in his walk toward Jerusalem, in his walk toward eternity. The Father's delight in Jesus that Jesus received in prayer dictated everything. The reason why I asked the question, how is your prayer when people come to confession or when people come to spiritual direction or when people come to pastoral counseling is because quite often that which dictates our decisions is not the Father's delight. Quite often, that which dictates my decision to, to gossip is a, a fear of rejection. If I don't participate in this gossip, or it might, it might be uh, envy or, or jealousy or the approval of others, or I want to be encouraged or received by others or welcomed by others because I'm having problems in my, in my marriage or with my work and things aren't going well, and I'm allowing all these passing things people and places and jobs and whatever, opinions, I allow those things to have influence over me, and that's why I do what I do. It's, it's my, my fears and my wounds and my concerns about other people and their opinion of me. That's what really dictates my decisions, and that is not what it was like for Jesus. He did not allow the passing opinions of other people, no matter how much he loved them or even liked them, or had affection for them. Their opinions, their thoughts, did not dictate his decisions. We see this all throughout the gospel. If we go to the gospel of Luke, Jesus Christ visits his close friends, Martha and Mary, the sisters of Lazarus. And it says this, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. A woman named Martha received him in her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at his feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She went to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. One thing is needful. Mary has chosen a good portion which will not be taken from her. He did not allow Martha's frustration to dictate how he would respond. He said, no, Martha, don't tell me what to do. He did not allow her to have sway over his emotions, over his attitude, over what he was wanting to do. The same thing happens again with Peter. Peter is one of his closest friends. Peter is the disciple who Jesus called first, and he allowed Peter to walk on water, and he allowed Peter to go to the top of Mount Tabar with him, and he allowed Peter to hear God the Father's voice. And again, what did God the Father say when they prayed and they listened in prayer? Again, God the Father affirmed the identity of Christ. He said, this is my beloved son with whom I am pleased. Listen to him. He allowed Peter to see the miracles Peter was one of his closest friends. He's the, the apostle who he invited to be our church's first pope. 
But even though he had such a close relationship with Peter, he did not allow Peter to dictate the decision that he had already made, which was to go to Jerusalem to be crucified. From that time, the Gospel of Matthew tells us, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, that he must suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Peter rebuked Jesus. That shows a particularly close friendship, that Peter had the nerve to rebuke the Son of God. That means they were close. That means that there was an intimacy in their, in their friendship for Peter to feel free to say, I rebuke you, God. Let me tell you what you need to do. And Jesus, after Peter rebuked him and said, God forbid, Lord, this should never happen, Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not on the side of God. Jesus did not allow the opinions of others to dictate his decision. He did not allow success to dictate his decisions. He did not care about the scribes and the Pharisees and all the people who were gossiping about him and who misunderstood him and who were talking about his ministry. He only listened to the voice of the Father. I propose that you and I will not give into our temptations that we experience from the enemy if we, like Jesus, are rooted in prayer, but particularly we are rooted in a prayer that involves intentional and consistent listening. We also pray by speaking, by sharing our thoughts, feelings, and desires, by making requests to the Father, Jesus did this, by being accountable to the Father, by doing an examination of conscience at the end of the day to tell the Father what we did and what we did not do. We pray by reciting novenas and chaplets and rosaries. That is all prayer. But if our prayer is to be a prayer that is transformative, it must be a prayer that is not a monologue, but like Christ is a prayer of dialogue, where we do speak but even more importantly, we spend just as much time, if not more time, listening. And if we listen to the Father like Jesus, then we too will hear the Father speak to us the same words that he spoke to Jesus. We will hear God the Father say, you are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. I have chosen you. I have called you by name. Jesus says to us in the Gospel of John, he says, as the Father has loved me, so I love you. He goes on to say later in the Gospel of John, Father, may the love that you have for me be given to them. Jesus prays for us to receive the same love, the same blessing, the same anointing that he has received from his Father. But we can only receive this blessing if we listen during prayer. How then do I propose we listen? To listen to the voice of God, we must read scripture. I cannot go in an adoration chapel and say, I didn't hear anything from God. I, like people say, I don't hear God speak. I don't know what the voice of God sounds like. That means I haven't read scripture. If I read scripture, I hear the voice of God. When I read scripture, 
I listen to the voice of God. It is through reading scripture that we'll be able to hear God the Father speak his blessing over us. And just like the Father's blessing is that which dictated every decision that Jesus Christ made, it will be the Father's blessing that will also for us, if we listen to his blessing, if we listen to his voice, if we listen to his word every day, and not just on a retreat, but every single day, it will be that blessing that dictates our decisions. I will not allow someone else's approval or rejection of me dictate my emotions, sway my feelings, or my desires. I will not allow a passing grade or a failing grade to have an effect upon me. If I strive for excellence and virtue and I fail, then it matters not at all. Because an A or a B or a C does not dictate my calling from God to abide in heaven. I will not allow a pay raise or someone else's promotion, even though I worked harder, to get on my nerves because all those things are passing. In the scheme of eternity, they don't matter at all. People are going to come and they're going to go. They're going to die. But what is eternal is the Father's love for me. And so in this new year, as we begin to enter into the ordinary season of our liturgical calendar, I really want to encourage us and invite us to be men and women of prayer, to be men and women who speak to God, but more importantly, who listen to God speak to us through his word every single day. And if we listen to the love of the Father every single day, then his love will guide us, will call us, will inspire us, will motivate us, will challenge us to abide in relationship with him. And if we persevere in abiding in relationship with him through our choices and our decisions that we make on earth, then he will give us the greatest grace that we could ever imagine. And we'll be able to remain in relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, not only during our pilgrimage on earth, but most importantly, forever in the kingdom of heaven.